This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast and we're counting down the matches to the end of the season and we had a big one last night as Leeds United came to Griffin Park and it was a game that Brentford really wanted to win but in the end it ended even Stevens, which uh, and we're going to talk about that game because we're going to work out whether or not that's good for Brentford, whether or not it's bad for Brentford, bad for Leeds, full of all the players who are in the mixer, as they say. But a very cold night, and we're uh, we're trying to warm our cockles now as we end up in the virtual joint, which is where we end up sort of every after every Tuesday game. We decide should we go down the pub or should we go down the virtual joint and sort of kind of hang out with ourselves. And I'm here, Billy Grant, with my chums. The man called Laney, possibly the cleanest Laney around. Laney, how are you doing? I'm frozen, mate. My heating in my house isn't working. And uh, I've had to have a, a lobster temperature bath just to get some uh, warmth into me. But uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. I've, uh, I'm sort of, uh, sort of still thinking quite a lot about last night. I think there's, a, there's, there's plenty to discuss, actually. And uh, as, as you say, you know, the, the games are running out now. I, just, I like to look at it as like a, an aircraft on the final approach to a runway. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, well, I, was, I was thinking of that myself, but, you know, you oh, yeah, beat me to yeah. it. Great minds think alike. That's right. Yeah. The thing about it is that say great minds think alike. But to be quite honest with you, I mean, our, you know, obviously we're virtually kind of, you know, in our own little joints here, having our little beers, our wines, our little kind of fruit juices and stuff like that. But you know, I, I sense that you're 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 fairly clean, lady. I mean, you you're possibly you know you're probably the cleanest that you've been for a while, aren't you? I'm, yeah, I'm, I certainly am. I'm I'm normally a lot dirtier than this. Yeah, <laughs> you are. I mean, you're trying to take over the mantle from Clean Mick. I don't know if you remember Clean Mick, uh, who I'm hoping he's listening. But he came on the podcast quite a few years ago, and uh, he was possibly the cleanest person that's ever been in our podcast. Uh, well, didn't he, he, he admitted to listening to it in the bath every every week, didn't he? <laughs> he did, and uh, he was nicknamed Clean Mick, and uh, <laughs> well, he's actually never been back on the podcast since. So, listen, Clean Mick, we want to get you back on the podcast to find out if you're actually cleaner than you were before, or more a, to the point... There was a horrible... 
it was a horrible drowning incident, I'm afraid. <laughs> or just more to the point, if you're actually cleaner than Laney has been tonight, because Laney is pretty damn clean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but anyway, we move on. We've also got the Allard in the house. The Allard, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm very good, Bill. I've only managed to have a shower myself, so I'm only semi-clean. Ah, oh dear, you know what I'm saying? You're letting the side down the Allard, but you know. But anyway, have you, um, your, your cockles were obviously frozen last night. Have you managed to unfreeze your cockles? I, I have managed to unfreeze them, yeah. I, I think, um, I, you know, we said that we do these Tuesday podcasts, the, sorry, the Wednesday podcasts after the Tuesday games. We sort of, you know, we do it from the virtual pub. Um, I wonder if we actually won one of these big Tuesday games. We might feel like going to the proper pub to record them. <laughs> There's something in that. There's definitely yeah, in that. That's a very good question. To be fair, we did have it lined up in the proper pub and then it sort of got cancelled about sort of 9.35 last night. So, but it's one of them things. But anyway, we've also got, and uh, it's, I think it's the first time, not only in the virtual joint, but the first time that she's joined us this season You know, a bit of a part-timer. We've got Gemma, uh, the amazing Gem. Uh, How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. I'm also quite clean. I've had a facial. It's all go. Oh, oh, you, you've, you've taken you've, you've taken things one step up. You're obviously sort of uh, in competition with Laney here to be uh, the, the cleanest one on the podcast tonight. That, that does remind me of a YouTube video. Anyway, I... we should move on to this one. Anyway, Gemma, as you were saying though, you were uh, you, you said to you you've had your facial, you've uh, you've done all sorts of stuff because you're you're feeling rather joyous, aren't you? I am. I'm very excited. I'm clean, I've had a bath, I've got missed out, I'm ready to go. Okay, so we're all ready to go, so we are going to talk about that match last night when we played Leeds United, and uh, they came to town, they came in their droves as they are, they were all very excited, we were fairly excited as well, and then we sort of stood there, sort of kind of with our eyes open, watching them pinging the ball around the pitch, but we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but before we do that, let's go and listen to what the fans had to say about Leeds pinging the ball around the pitch during that game. Leeds, to be fair, they pressed excellently. They kept the ball on the pitch well. But actually, they didn't create a lot. So, Brentford were lucky to get a goal. Leeds were arguably lucky to get a goal. So, while you'd say that, that Leeds probably bossed the game, they didn't create an awful lot, but they also stopped us from creating. What I did like was the way... We made some attacking subs today in an effort not to give up on the game, but I think we'll go home happy with a point. I said before the game I would have settled for a point. Everyone was well up for it and taking it to Leeds, but credit Leeds, they're a good side. I think really we were second best all night. One each, yep. Onwards, up to Birmingham, go and went up there. At the end of the day, Brentford just seemed a little bit cold tonight. Um, maybe it's been too many games recently and the form can't last forever, but... Oh, almost a lot worse. That's not a bad result against a good, strong Leeds team. Very, very happy. We were second best uh, throughout the game. Midfield, we really struggled, I felt. Their midfield was good. They were on it all through the game. I think to get a point against the best team in the league is no, no, no bad shakes. We were struggling most of the game. Uh, we held our own in places. I thought Pinnock was magnificent. Uh, but... Uh, too few players were. As I said, the midfield really, really struggled. Uh, Leeds are a very, very, very good team. We, we stopped playing football as well. We started doing some long balls, punt up the middle, etc., which is the style of football we don't play, and hopefully we won't do that in the, uh, uh, again. It's probably Norgard's worst game for us. I don't think he got to the ball. I thought he was actually quite poor, and I think the substitutes, bringing him on with, what, two minutes to go, three minutes to go? 
bit late. Two new boys coming on with pace. I'd have brought them on 10 minutes at least before that. Before the game, would you take it a point? Some said yes, some said we go for three. Um, I just thought they were the best team that's come down every year and we didn't really deal with it. We got the goal. You thought maybe we can, you know, maybe we can hold out for this, but um, listen, they're, they're a good team. I said on the pod last week, if we finish above Leeds, we will go up. I don't think anything changes there. They're not a bad team. They're just a good team that's had a bad run. And you know, they showed tonight why they're good. But, you know, we, we held on. Positives. We didn't lose. Um, we were fairly strong at the back. Probably goalkeeping error for the goal. Didn't, leave, didn't really give away too many chances. But we didn't play a normal game. Didn't get on the ball. Didn't really hold possession in their half. And it's another point. It's okay. We got a point against the better side. And sometimes that's the way it goes. We keep the faith. We keep going. Birmingham Saturday. Nothing to worry about. So there you go. The fans in the pub after the game. And it's, it's quite amazing that. Because if you listen to it. And I always say this. I think that, you know, Brentford fans are really kind of, you know, they're fair. And, and level-headed. And, uh, and they give a really good... And like I said, fair analysis of the game. We, we tried to, well, we was going to get some Leeds fans, but I'm not being funny. It was so cold last night. The idea of hanging out outside their coaches uh, didn't really, 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 really just kind of hang with me at all. And uh, none of them came back to the pub afterwards. So we just got all Bees fans in there. But I thought that the Bees fans actually did a lot of talking for the Leeds fans in what they said exactly went down in that game. In the fact that Leeds, you know, Leeds played some great football and uh, Brentford were probably lucky um, looking at the football was played to have got away with a point that game, Laney. Yeah, absolutely. We we did speak quite a lot. We we didn't uh, go overboard in the build up to the game. We were quietly confident. We weren't brash, and we didn't we didn't sign, kind of take anything for granted. And um, I think that was the wise decision because uh, what we saw last night was was Brentford came up against the strongest team in this division by by a long by a long way. I think. Um, and we, I, I actually believe we were lucky to get uh, a point out of that, really. I think on, on another night, um, without a gifted goal by their goalkeeper, we probably would have would have lost that. So I'm I'm coming um, at it from very much a point, a point gained than, than two points lost. I think uh, Leeds um, are stuttering still. You know, they, they, they played well again. They didn't win. Um, so yeah, it, it, we, we, it was a very different Brentford performance last night, and Thomas Frank explained that he had to he had to kind of constant um, he had to contemplate a few different changes in style just to kind of negate what Leeds were capable of. We're not, we're, I don't think we'll come up against another team that compressed like they do, and for for the full ninety four minutes, they they just really were incredible athletes last night um, and that's not to say we weren't but we weren't allowed to dictate play like we normally do um, and even the very best teams in the world they, they they have to now and again kind of consider themselves uh, you know just just maybe have to change things you, you can't it'll be it'll be foolish to have gone out last night and just expected us to 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 boss possession, boss the chances. I think actually, to Thomas Frank's credit, uh, he prepared uh, the team pretty well. I don't. We'll, we'll go on to should he have made substitutions a lot quicker? Should he have done things a little bit different second second period? I think he's guilty of that, and I think he will put his hand up and say he is as well. But really, it was about not losing, and we didn't. Uh, the, I mean, the LR, this game. Um, would you say right? 
Le- okay, Leeds United at Kelvin Phillips. He was banned for three matches. And then he comes back against Brentford. And he looked absolutely potty for it. Do you think we were also probably a little bit unlucky that, you know, unlike Nottingham Forest and all these other teams, we are the team that had to sort of kind of suffer the brunt of the Phillips return? Last night would suggest yes. He um, he sort of he had the run of it, really, didn't he? And he was exceptional last night, very noticeable. And he, he ran the midfield, to be brutally honest. We didn't really seem to have much of a plan to stop him from playing. Uh, and maybe we didn't go into the game with that plan. Maybe we... I, I wondered... I, I do wonder whether we adjusted to our going long, you know, early on in the game or whether that had always been a plan from the outset. I, I, I'm not sure if that was clear from the, from the Thomas Frank um, interview. But we didn't really have a plan to stop him, it, it appeared. And our two midfielders that operate in that area, which is, um, you know, Jensen, um, sorry, Jensen and sorry, Jensen and De Silva, uh, you know, they're the two that play further up. Um, you think Norgar plays a bit deeper, so he's less likely to come into contact with um, with Phillips. Um, neither of them are real sort of players that win challenges on, and tackles and stuff like that. So, yeah, they, he, he did us, basically. I mean, Gemma... You were very, very nervous going into this game. Yes. <laughs> were your shredded nerves? Was it justified, do you think? Yeah. Like, I mean, absolutely. I, I I, was nervous thinking it would go better than it went. And actually, standing there, I found that game a really hard watch. Because, I mean, it, they were just everywhere. Like, you got to the point when you started looking around to see if there were more of us, more of them than us. I mean, I was expecting them to play, you know, well in possession. The way they pressed and the way they played when we had the ball, with those moments that we had the ball, was just unbelievable. You know, as Lane said, just the, the, the athleticism of it, just the commitment to it, the effort, just the effort that they made. And I was an absolute mess. <laughs> um, <laughs> But what I did think was the fact that we didn't lose that match. I mean, that I think that's brilliant, boys. I was a little worried in that we looked at times almost panicked uh, when we had the ball and they were at us. And, you know, some of our players were just looking like, what on earth do I do now? Um, but also, I mean, oh, what on earth could they do? So, no, I'm, I'm thrilled to bits with the point. Uh, that was a hard watch. It would it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if we could have got to the break, a goal up. I think um, that that you know obviously in in hindsight you know you know you look at different different situations, but uh, I, I think you know there was there is certain evidence. We're not going to bang on about it like uh, like a Leeds like, like, like Leeds do when they get a, a contentious decision. But I, I, I come at it from a, a different perspective. Like David Ray had got quite a lot of grief after the game back in the pub by fans. Um, we we put that down as a complete goalkeeping fluff. Um, you know we said it was a, a, a game that was decided by two goalkeeping mistakes. And the first one, their one, was obviously a, a mistake. But the more you see replays of the goal that we conceded, there is certainly two hands in in David Raya's back briefly, um, and he he was pushed slightly out of balance 
while that ball was coming in, and it, and it that split second made it difficult to react. And you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to stop calling for picketing outside the football league, and the football league's corrupt, and and start online petitions like uh, other clubs might do. But you know, they, these things do happen. But you, you you do have to factor that in if you're going to put it down to a goalkeeper mistake. You've got to really actually give credit where credit's due, and to say that might have been um, a factor in him not making the punch. And you know, I think I think that's fair comment. You know, if, if we're going to give it out as like it's a goalkeeping mistake, you've actually got to take into consideration that that little push may have been a factor. I mean, I mean, what I will say, and I mean, I know, I mean, there's been a lot of discussion. <clears throat> About Leeds, again, if you listen to the post-match podcast, Pride of West.London, in full, you hear that everyone is, you know, they're purring about Leeds and the football that they played. And to be fair as well, like I said to you, they pressed really hard. They didn't allow us to get the ball out from, you know, well, from, from even from Raya, you know, from, from, from the goal kicks. You know, we were really struggling and that's what we had to put it long. You know, um, they were playing cross-field balls like, you know, sort of kind of Barbe-esque cross-field balls, which were going, you know, sort of 60 yards and landing at the feet of, you know, Harrison. Now on the wing so yes they were playing some great great football and I'm not taking that away from them at all um, you know but they did get their goal from a um, a goalkeeping error stroke push on the goal foul on the goal whatever you want to call it they had that and other than that yes they had a couple of opportunities where there's probably one that they should have put you know that um, Bamford should have put into the back of the net but then the, the chances they didn't create lots of chances so the question that you say is, and, and this is quite interesting because I'm just, I was thinking about this now after the sort of the light, you know, after the game is gone and you've got a little time to pontificate on it. Lots of times we'll go away last season, the season before, two seasons ago, and everyone will tell us what fantastic football we played. Everyone will say to us how brilliant we are. We go up to Borough and all these places and they say to you, oh my God, Brentford, you're the best team that have come here. And then you go, yeah, but we just lost, you know. But you felt not too bad because you had lost because you played some fantastic football. And in a way, what we saw for Leeds, okay, yeah, okay, maybe a step up from what we did before, but it was also some great football. But at the end of the day, without the end product, you know, <laughs> how important is it to play like that? You know, is it more important for you to play so, you know, 30% not as good as that, but to have somebody like Mitrovic putting the ball in the back of the net? Or a team like Brentford, who plays 30% not as good as that. But then you've got Ollie Watkins and Bruno and Ben Rama, who could put the ball in the back of the net. And I think it's a balance-up between the two. It's lovely seeing this beautiful football and, and, and it being three or four notches above. But again, if you're not the full complement, at the end of the day, what you're going to get is you're going to get similar to what we had last season or what you're going to get with Swansea, who, are, who play beautiful football at times. But at the end of the day, they put three goals in the back of the net. Do you hear what I'm saying, Laney? Yeah, I do hear what you're saying. You're absolutely spot on. But I mean, what, what, I don't, we don't want to talk about Leeds too, too much and their, and their problems. I hope their problems continue. But uh, it's, it's quite clear. I mean, it's quite obvious that if they'd have gone out and they'd done proper business in the transfer market to get the, to get the, the you know, the centre forward and the goal scoring situation sorted out, rather than relying on on, on Patrick Bamford, then they, they'd be up already by now. Probably, probably enough points to seal the championship sort of like three weeks ago. They've they've relied on players that weren't performing. Um, players that are well, well below where they should be in terms of the goals they they've scored. You know, there, there are charts that suggest that Patrick Bamford he's he's seven goals short of where he needs to be, and that and that's right. Those those seven goals probably work out to ten more points, if not more. 
and they they it would it would be all over. So so Leeds have only got themselves to blame that they've relied on the same players and uh, they are very good players, but up front they are they are faltering and they've they've let it go and they're they're paying they're paying a heavy price for it. I think Laney, and I'm going to come to Allard in a minute as well. I think what I'm saying here, and I'm not sort of trying to talk about Leeds so much, and I'm not sitting there going, oh, let's talk about Leeds deficiencies. I think what I'm trying to say is that I'm trying to tack it back a little bit and look at us and say, well, actually, we've come against a team which is probably the only team that's going to play like this. And all of a sudden, we kind of put ourselves down thinking, oh, actually, maybe, you know, we're not that good. I mean, we're not saying that as such, but we're looking at them and saying, oh, God, you know, they're so fantastic and we haven't, you know... We weren't able to keep up with them. But the fact is that we, we got a draw because they weren't able to score the goals. And just looking back on it, I think we need to kind of also look at what our um, bonuses and, 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 and the plus side of what we've got. And you look at Leeds fans who probably turn around and say, oh, yeah, we play, you know, I've got a mate of mine who says, oh, we, yeah, we play great possession football, but we've got an end product. We'll be lucky to make the playoffs is what his view is. And he's looking at our team thinking, well, I'd actually love Ben Rama, Watkins and Bumo, you know, and I'd rather probably have your setup than our setup because he says for years we keep on playing this brilliant football, but it doesn't get us anywhere. So what I'm trying to say is that I think, you know, it's, it's the grass is greener type thing. Maybe we, we need to give ourselves a little bit more credit and just probably say that probably just didn't work out for us yesterday. But it was all right because we got a point out of it, the Allards. Yeah, there's loads of stuff there. Um, you can talk about different players playing for Leeds, and, but it might change the way they play, so they might not be as effective, you know. So it's difficult to sort of, you know, say that just by putting especially, you know, a centre-forward in that doesn't do a lot of work, because Bamford, for all his faults, he does work his socks off, you know, would, would improve Leeds. It might not. And, you know, I, I, we don't know. But as you said, we're not here to talk about Leeds. So let's move on from that. Um, so for us, um, what was the question, Bill? No, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that, you know... Limbs, that's what he's saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that we are, you know, we're a good, we're a good, we're a good side and other people... We've got a lot of value, you know, we, we've got a lot of value in our side. We've got a lot of qualities, you know, like our forward line that other teams would like. And maybe the Leeds game just didn't quite work out for yeah. us, but we didn't lose the match. No, no, absolutely. And the strength, our, our strength is our front is our front three. Arguably, it's not Leeds' strength currently. Um, and I always include all of the attacking players because none of them are scoring goals. It's not just Bamford. So, yeah, our, and, and that is our strength. And they probably would love our front three. And I think it would be fascinating to see what Leeds would look like with our front three playing for them so we we still got a lot to play for you know I don't think we should get too down about last night uh, Leeds effectively stopped us from playing or you could say that we decided we weren't going to play we we basically either very early doors or maybe this was you know this was b before the game this was how we laid out I seem to remember we were quite good for the first 10 minutes but we basically said we're not going to play tonight we're not going to try and play out from the back um, we're going to go long and we're going to feed off scraps and we didn't get many scraps to feed off. That's the way we played. If you go and look at um, Raya's sort of pass, you know, that on something on one of the stat zone, I think maybe we can put it up. If you look at his passes compared to the uh, Middlesbrough game, I mean, he didn't pass it. He just lumped it forwards, 50-50 balls all the time. So we'll come back. We'll play on Saturday and I'm sure we'll go back to playing the way we normally play and, and we'll be back to our... If not our best, we'll you know we'll be firing again. So I'm not too stressed about it. There are two positions for automatic promotion, not just one. So 
Uh, there are indeed. We might come on to that in a little bit, actually. Um, there is one key point, like I said to you, the midfield going missing. Uh, I mean, is it fair to say that the midfield goes missing or is it just that we were overrun in the midfields? Well, to be honest, we bypass the midfield. Our midfield operates well when we have the ball. Norgard is the guy that gets, you know, potentially wins the ball. He's the one that breaks up the play, etc. But he's the only one that does that. The other two don't really do that. They operate well when we have the ball. If we're just going to hit long balls um, from the back towards Watkins, the odds are they're not going to get the ball much. So they're not going to be effective. Um, You know... There was an argument made that someone like Makocho could have made a difference, and I totally agree. A fit Makocho, firing like he was last season at Villa, that could have been a difference last night. But I don't think it was realistic to expect De Silva and Jensen playing with us deciding we were going to bypass them, which is effectively what we did, to expect them to have that much influence on the game. And I mean, and, and Gemma, I mean, we talked about we'd be quite excited about our, our you know our signings in the window. We wanted to see what they were like, and uh, obviously. As we say, it wasn't working for us um, this match in the fact that the mil- you know Leeds were dominating the midfield, and then we saw him pull up the, the old card, and all of a sudden we had you know Baptiste and Fossu. They were uh, called upon, come on! But it was about two minutes ago of the game. Uh, do you think that he made these substitutions too late, Gemma? Um, well, yes and no. I mean, he made those substitutions when he made not to change the game but to waste the last few minutes I mean let's be honest um, and it worked fine for that uh, I get to know I mean look if we were going to try and win that game then absolutely needed to make changes earlier and you know for one thing I think Silva was struggling and I think he could have come off before he was injured but would it have been the right game for two brand new players who've been playing you know, somewhere completely different against completely different opposition, throwing him straight in against, you know, probably our hardest match of the season. I'm not sure it would have been, no. So, yeah, if we were going to win and try to win and all of this, yeah, change things earlier by all means. But as it was, probably two subs late on to waste some time might have been the best use of them. I don't know that they would have, I don't see what anyone was going to do against, against the way Leeds played. That said, I mean, just to chime in, I'm, I'm not impressed about last night at all. I think we got a point which is really what we wanted and needed. And yeah, we couldn't play against that, but we don't have to play against that again. And exactly as you know, as Matt said, like we don't have to be better than Leeds. We can, if we're better than everyone else, we don't have to be better than Leeds. We only have to be, you know, better than everyone but one. It doesn't. I don't think it changes anything, to be honest. Plus, also, I don't think Leeds are going to play necessarily that well against everyone else either. They seemed very, very up for it last night and they'll lose to someone else, do you know what I mean? They don't have to lose to us. Laney, just wondering, I mean, Thomas Frank admitted he made his substitutions too late. I mean, this and then, uh, not criticising him because I think he's a brilliant broken manager, but this is, a, is this a prime, another prime example of... Uh, of Thomas's, I don't want to say stubbornness, but is he, he kind of gets an idea and he's fixed and he almost seems to drive it through. And I think, with, you know, with this game, for us, we just thought it doesn't seem to be working, but he kind of seemed a little bit late to, to make those substitutions. And it's kind of, you know, as I was coming out the ground, some people says, you know, why make it at all if you're going to make it so late? Do you think that was, you know, do you think that was the issue? I don't, 
yeah, um, I thought I was more worried about Josh De Silva's substitution. I thought he was he, he needed to be subbed quite quite obviously for quite a yeah. few minutes, and and he, he waited until he was injured. And you know, I, I don't know if he, you know, hopefully the injury's all right. And he, but I, I was more concerned about that to be honest with you. I, I thought I just wanted to get through. And I wanted to hear the, the final whistle. I wasn't expecting a game-changing winner at that stage. You know, if it, if it had miraculously emerged, but I don't think we were ever contemplating swinging that, sw- swinging the momentum around. We just needed to run the clock down. I think. Um, so, yeah, I, well, Thomas Franks admitted to it. So he, he said he wished he'd made it ten minutes earlier. So, but do you, but do you? you do, do you think that might have happened, the admittance, because Josh De Silva got injured and maybe Josh should have, you know, he thinks that, oh, if I'd taken Josh off 15, 10 minutes earlier, 15 minutes earlier, he would have got injured, which is, you know, possibly adding to another injury problem that I've got. Yeah, possibly. What do you think, Matt? Well, I think there's two, I, I think, yeah, I agree. I, was he talking about the um, the Marcondes substitution should have been made earlier? Was he talking about the, the two late substitutions should have been made think, earlier? Or I both, all of it? Too late, the two late ones. See, the, two, the, the two late ones were a bit odd because I um, I hear what Jim's saying, that it was like to waste time. But if you're trying to waste time, why are you making them together? Why wouldn't you make them one and then wait for 30 seconds and make the other one? That's how you waste time, isn't it? Yeah. So it does seem to me he wasn't wasting time. He was trying to change the game. But then why didn't he oh, make it 10 minutes earlier? I, I, do, do you know what I mean? I think I, I think it's sort of slightly mixed feelings about that that substitution. Yeah. Um, I think I think in general it takes some time for us to make substitutions. You know, the the process seems to be that you know um, that they get together on the touchline. The bit of paper comes out. They look through several bits of paper, um, and then they decide what they're going to do, and then they get the substitute they're going to bring on to warm up and you know I think we do it properly we make sure they warm up properly but all that takes 10 minutes doesn't it so if he decides at 75 minutes that he needs to make a substitution realistically we don't normally make that substitution for seven or eight minutes after that I mean maybe they try and keep them all really warm in the last 10 minutes I don't know but it does seem quite a long process to make substitutions currently yeah Gemma little ask a question that I saw when I saw that paper and he was stood there on the side there and he's flicking through this paper flicking through this paper I'm thinking surely he's just going to go there and say try and score like I mean there's five minutes to go like like what on earth are you saying with all that paper yeah, yeah. I was on yeah. the middle yeah. <laughs> so, so, so listen start, start the game on the middle okay but really five minutes to go like just tell him you know what I mean yeah, so listen, Gemma, I was going to ask a question. Are Leeds the best team that you've seen in the Championship? Well, down at Griffin Park, or best team that you've seen in the Championship? No, I'm going to say no. Don't ask me who is, because I don't have the answer to that. I feel like that performance last night was unplayable. So I suppose, in a sense, yeah. But for me, the best team scores goals. And, you know, we talk about people being the best team, and we talk about you know, all the different things that make him chances. If you don't score goals, for me, you're not the best team. I, no, 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 Dear no. Lord. I think apart from the obvious lack of them scoring goals, I would say they're as good a team as I've seen since we've been in the championship. Um, I, I, I agree that there's a current issue where they're not scoring goals, but it will click, I think, 
um, again. I, I was looking for them last night to run out of, you know, I was thinking maybe I was sort of starting to buy into this idea that, you know, they were running out of legs and, and all of that sort of stuff. And um, the season was a bit, you know, 10 games, going to be 10, 15 games too long for them. But I tell you what, last night, you could not draw that conclusion from last night. So I, I would say that they're not quite the finished article at the moment, but damn, they're a hard team to beat. And I don't think we've been outclassed like that in almost since we've been up. We, we were outclassed, even though we weren't outscored. We were outclassed last night. And I don't think I've we've really been on the end of that apart from maybe the Wolves team from two years ago and that Watford team from the first season they're the sort of two teams that maybe you know were better than that Leeds team they were more complete it's interesting I mean you're talking about that but I was talking to some people in the in the stats world who like I said to you they monitor and see exactly what the teams are doing and uh, they're talking about this Leeds team and you know while everybody was going oh, you know, Leeds are going to blow out and Leeds, you know, Leeds, you know, fall off at the back end of the season. Their view is very much so, actually, that's not the case with Leeds United. You know, from what they can see, Leeds, are, they, 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 they've got their energy levels up. They're, they're capable of going all the way through to the season. And uh, like I said to you, there's, there's probably more of a mentality thing where <laughs> the whole world are telling them that they're, they're, uh, they're going to blow out. Then, uh, you know, maybe the fans think it and everyone thinks it, but... It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, well, we saw it last night. It wasn't true at all. Leeds were going and they were up for it and they kept on going. And it was, you know, we're in February now. So, and they've got a very tight squad. They've got a very small squad. So I think that, you know, we have to be a bit careful about, you know, when these pundits are sort of kind of throwing around, pun, you know, the comments and telling the whole world, you know, what they believe is going on when uh, probably what is really going on is that they haven't actually looked under the bonnet, bonnet to actually kind of, kind of, kind of monitor that. You know, from my point of view, um, I don't want to ask Laney first of all Laney about Leeds do you think they're the best team yeah well they, they have to be they've been they're European champions they, <laughs> they, they won something won, they won something like 25 years ago and they're massive 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 club so that make that automatically just make them better doesn't it so yeah they obviously are they obviously are because they're Leeds they're obviously better than everyone in the world <laughs> Of course, well, Laney's straight to the point there, and he's just he's just cut through the chase, and he's taken all the main points, and he's thrown them into the pot, and it's coming out, and uh, you know, no, no one can argue with it there, Laney. So, well, uh, and to me, I say to you, I thought they played some brilliant, brilliant football, but again, it's all about the end product, as we've said before. But you'd much rather be in a position like they are, because you know, you know, if you were a side, you can, you know, and you had the right scouting team, you know, which some teams have, maybe other teams don't quite have it. You'd be able to actually plug that in and uh, and then take it to another level. They obviously haven't done it this January, but you know, they'd be able to do that, lady. They didn't. Have, they've got no Danes, so they're obviously better, aren't they? <laughs> That's well, you know, we should. Come out. I'm going to ask you about that, lady, because that was. Uh, there was an there's an interesting comment because there was a comment that was put up on Besotted. We showed the video of uh, David Raya being pushed by the Leeds player, and uh, that resulted in the goal. Listen, we're not taking anything away from Leeds because you were very good that way anyway. But there was a little bit of a nudge which uh, put Raya off. He kind of missed time getting the ball, and they scored the back of the net. So obviously, you know, people were coming on the fact that you know they thought it was maybe a bit of a cheat, and maybe Leeds had got away with it. However, you know, they still played very well. And then there was one very strange comment, wasn't there, Laney? Yeah, I mean, there's some some serious grown-ups having a conversation about it, and then someone someone's bowled in with a definitely too many Danish players in the team squad. Think that needs to be reviewed as we go forward as an English football club. 
So, um, <laughs> Raya, Raya for what? The, the conversation was about Raya. So Raya's Spanish. Spanish. So I'm <laughs> quite sure well, that's got to do with anything. And then, uh, yeah, it seems to be someone's, just, yeah, someone's got issues there, I think. Oh, it's just, it was just yeah, a really strange, you know, and maybe just an excuse. Very random, just a random conversation. Like, it's just, but, you know, obviously... Brentford Football Club is built on having an, having an advantage, and the, the fact we've got uh, you know someone who's been well involved in the Danish youth setup, and you've got a, a, an owner that owns the Danish champions, you probably and you've got Rasmus Ankersen, who's one of the directors of football, who's you know very very au fait with, with the, you know the, the Danish transfer market. It's probably uh, we're going to use those contacts to, to kind of get a few Danes you would have expected, and we're we're in the we're well and truly sort of bolted down into the playoff places for a a, a championship put promotion push to the to the top flight. I, I don't think uh, we're doing a lot wrong actually in that in that respect. So uh, yeah, a bit odd. Yeah, but anyway, should, we should move on because, uh, like I said to you, we're trying to keep it positive because we got a point out of Leeds and they'll be trying because we, uh, to be quite honest with you, they shouldn't have, uh, well, you know, they should have got more out of that probably as they're thinking, but this is because probably we had uh, too many games on our side. <laughs> but um, listen, just question everybody around there as well. I mean, I'm gonna, I'll give you a little point about this. Well, I just think that Leeds, like I said to you, I said to you before, Leeds, I think they are the best side. Um, they play great football, but they need... Um, they need a few additional uh, players up front. They need to, they need to be scoring up front. As I, and I mentioned that point before, but more to the point, coming back to Brentford, how are you guys feeling about Brentford's promotion push about that now? Because that game was very pivotal. I noticed that a lot of people kind of almost like holding off making a decision as to how they feel we're going to be going in the next few months after that Leeds game. I'll start with Gemma. I reckon we can do it. I'm not... Saying I reckon we will do it, but I reckon we can. But I only think we can do it through through automatics. I don't think last night was a setback at all, to be honest. Uh, I think teams are dropping points here, there, and everywhere. And I think think we can get in the top two. Um, I do think if we end up in the playoffs, I don't think we'll go up. Um, Not just because of our playoff horror. But I wonder, seeing you know these these guys we've got in this team now are quite young. I mean, some of them, some of them quite young. have had a little bit of worry about and I think how I'm not I'm not particularly confident that in a playoff game where things get hard that they will necessarily lift themselves. And to be honest, I don't think the fans will lift them because if we're yet there in the playoffs and things aren't going well, we'll all shit ourselves and decide that actually, no, that's it. It's all going to happen again. And I think probably the combination of that and us all going, Ooh, I don't think we'll do it in the playoffs. But I do think we can get automatic still. I'm, I'm, I'm uncharacteristically confident of that. So I think it's a bit strange. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go next actually, and I'll bring it around to you guys. But I I actually think after that game, and I was thinking about this again. I was thinking actually, to be fair, look, look, it's we were in a situation beforehand where we were we wanted to be in the playoffs, and then all of a sudden it's like being we've got into like potentially a uh, automatic place. This this game wasn't the be all and the end all, but I'm just thinking this now. I'm thinking that if we are going to go up, 
unless Leeds really, really collapse, which I, I've just got a feeling they're going to pick up. They, 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 I just, I'm, I, I'll still refuse to believe that Leeds are going to collapse. We're going to have to win a lot of our remaining games to go up. So for me, I would rather tap myself back a little bit, chisel away and just get enough points to make sure that we finish third or fourth so that we've got our first game in the playoffs away from home which will be a fr- on the Friday, the bank holiday or the Saturday after the last game of the season. So it'll be a Friday or Saturday so we can travel away from home. Loads of people will be able to travel. So we'll have a good away following. We'll have a good day out. And I'd prefer to focus on that. Um, and if we do happen to go on a, a run like we did in 1992, where that sort of kind of came out of the blue and I think we, what's it, we won our last, last six or last eight or nine games, something like that. We just went on a massive run and boom, out of the blue, the automatic came then that would be wonderful, but that's a bonus. But for me, I think it's much better for my ticker to concentrate on the fact that we just solidify a playoff place. Laney? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't want to think too far ahead, if I'm honest with you. I, I, just, I, want, I want to do it in three-game chunks and just see where we are. I, mean, we, I think we can uh, get too kind of deep and kind of talk, talk through too many permutations. I know the... So what you're saying? So, no, I'm, I'm, just... I'm saying by Birmingham away Saturday, I'm looking at as a really, really tricky game. They're on a really good run of form. I'm looking at a point there. If we can get more than a point at St Andrews, I'm thinking, you know, that's a brilliant, brilliant performance, a brilliant, brilliant result. Then we've got two, two games which will be looking at six points. We've got to be looking to beat Blackburn Rovers on telly. Um, on 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 Saturday the twenty second of February, then we trip Luton a couple of days later on. Um, we've got to be looking to win that, and then we've got a trip to Cardiff. So, and then and then Sheffield Wednesday. So if we're looking at, I look at let's look at those are the next five: Birmingham, Blackburn at home, Luton away, Cardiff away, Sheffield Wednesday at, at home before the Fulham match. I'm thinking if we we can get nine, if we can get ten points, maybe. 12 points out of those five games I think that's a really good haul and that will that will that will be really good other people are going to be dropping points you know the, the you know Forrester you know they've got some toughy games um, Fulham have got some tough games um, if we if we can be in contention still after those five matches when then there's like 10 games to go nine games to go I think we need to, if we can, if we can go into those final ten matches with the with the top of the table as close as it is, you know, three points, six points away, we've got a brilliant, brilliant incentive to really just chuck chuck us chuck everything at it. So uh, still a long way to go, but I'm just thinking a little, little chunks at a time. And the Ellard. Yeah, I to be honest, I was going to sort of say what Dave was saying. I, for me, it's if we can get to the last six games and be within four or five points of automatic, I think it could still be done because I think we are a team that can win the last five out of six or win the last six. We, we, we get on those sort of runs. Um, and then if you look at the last, so like after the West Brom game, Brentford West Brom is going to be massive. If we can get a result there and stay in touch with them, we've got Reading away, winnable. Wigan at home, winnable. Charlton at home, winnable. Derby away, winnable. Um, Preston at home, could be a battle. Stoke away, winnable. Barnsley at home, winnable. You know, it's a, it's not the worst running, is it? No, no, no. no. Just stay in touch. Just stay in touch. 
when we get into that. What if we're still in touch after the West Brom game? You know, anything could happen. Yeah, and 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 also we just I mean we've got games going on at the moment now. Like I said, it's Wednesday night. You know, at the moment now, Fulham. You know, Millwall are doing a job again on Fulham. You know, at the moment now, and this might be different by the time you hear this podcast. But you know. Like I said to you, Fulham, um, uh, 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 yeah, they're probably doing slightly better than us because at least they're drawing, but they're, they're dropping a couple of points against, you know, against Millwall, where they would have loved to have gone in and, and, and won that game. You know, um, uh, West Brom have come back from behind to actually uh, to go ahead at the moment now as well. So, like I said to you, it's all chop and change. You just never know what's going to be happening in a few weeks' time. You know, so, but listen, we've had a good chat about that Leeds match and the effects of the Leeds match. We've got a game on Saturday, a big game against Birmingham City. We know quite a lot about Birmingham City because we've played them loads of times over the few years. We've sold some players to them. But it's better for us to actually speak to a Birmingham fan for him to tell us exactly what's going down in Birmingham. Let's hear what Brummy Joe has got to say about Birmingham City. You are Billy, you are Brentford fans. How you doing? My name's Brummy Joe, a Birmingham City fan, vlogger, uh, do a bit of YouTube, do a bit of this and that. So obviously we've got a big game coming up against you guys. Uh, we're on a we're on a pretty good run at the minute. So I should maybe be confident, but I'm I'm definitely not against you guys. I think um you're 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 probably what our owners want us to play like, and I don't think we will with them owners in place, uh, in, in a way. But if we look at we look at our season so far anyway. We've had a, a weird weird season because we in the summer obviously Monk left. Pep Clossett um, uh, got named our caretaker head coach, now our manager. And initially, we wanted to play a, a an attacking style of football, which is usually the path that we tend to go down. Um, we seem to want to play, like, we've had three cycles of this. So, we're playing, obviously, under, under Rowett, playing the, the top football we are currently, which is just dogged defending. Uh, not pretty football, but tends to be effective football. And then the owners say, no, 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 we want to be attacking, we want to play attacking football. And that's when Zola came in. That didn't work. Went back to how we played before that. And we've had a couple of cycles of that. You know, you've got Redknapp. Um, we've had, we've had um, Monk. Obviously, now we've got Pep Clotet. I feel like we just aren't adapt. We aren't, it's not Blues. We don't really... We can't really play that style of football and maybe we need to, to sign some more players to be able to do that but we, we don't seem to have the philosophy that we stick to and um, whether it works or not our owners we seem to panic and we're like okay now let's get results but we seem to play best um, in our, you know the way that we're known for and that's the way we're playing at the minute which is why we're nine unbeaten which is why we've had four wins in a row um, so that's why I think it might be a trickier game than than before obviously I know we won the away game uh, first game of the season bit of a one-off you know you can never tell on the first game of the season what's going to go on but but yeah I, I feel like I'm happy with where we are uh, the season so far we've been crying out for a goal scorer um, we've had to wait till January to get one but we certainly have one now in Scott Hogan um, 100% the player we've been looking for I'll talk a bit more about him later um, but yeah uh, we, we're doing okay we're doing okay but you know, it's going to be a really tough game. So, obviously, talking about the Brentford three, we've got Colin, uh, Dean, and obviously Hotter, who has left. He's gone to Villa. Not exactly been successful there. But, um, yeah, uh, the money we paid for him, uh, for Hotter, I was never really convinced he was going to fit into our team. 
Um, but we did sell him. We got a bit of money for him. And then I feel like his replacement has probably been Dan Crowley. We got Dan Crowley for 750k. Uh, a lot of our signings have been Brentford-esque signings in the way that we haven't spent a lot of money on them. Um, and and they're decent players. It's, they've been scouted well. Um, Dan Crowley being one of them. Another being uh, Jeremy Bella, who we got on a free in December. And we were trying to get him since the summer. And he's been absolutely unbelievable. I um, think he's got four goals, five assists, something like that so far since December. Um, he's a he's really good player. He's a danger man to look out for. The other two, Harley Dean, he had a really good start for Blues. Had a really good, I mean, is it his third season now? I'm not too sure. He's solid, but currently he's not um, in, our, in our starting two centre-backs. We've got Jake clark Saltwell on loan from Chelsea, and we've got... Um, Mark Roberts, who is actually who didn't start very well, but he's now very solid, playing very well. Uh, so Dean's a good backup. He's had a bit of a mixing with the fans. Uh, some of the fans don't really like him. Um, some love him, but he's solid for me. Uh, Colin again, absolutely solid player. Has been really consistent. Maybe had a slight dip in form recently, but um, we know the player that we've got there. Um, he, he, to be fair, it didn't look like he wanted to play in the weather uh, that we had against. Barnsley last night, but but altogether I'm very happy with uh, with with the two that we've still got. I think it was right of us to get rid of Hutter. Um, so happy days. Obviously, there's again Hogan, a form another former Brentford player uh, who we've only got on loan. Unfortunately, he's exactly the player we've been crying out for since we lost Chay Adams. Links up really well with Duke. I think we haven't quite got to grips with with his runs at the minute. The 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 chemistry isn't quite there. I think, um, but. Once he's got a run of games in, you know, he's going to do really well, I think. Um, he's already got three goals in three from few chances. Uh, two of them being tappings, but that's exactly what we've been needing. Someone who will be in the right place at the right time. I don't care about fancy goals. But the goal he scored against Barnsley was a real poacher's finish. Real good quality finish. Had the ball. Didn't have a lot of space. Didn't have a lot of time. Turned quickly. Back to goal. And banged it in the top corner. Keeper had absolutely no chance. And that is the difference. That's why we got three points at Barnsley. Um, because they made it difficult for us. They made sure we had few chances. But... He is a danger man, so um, obviously I know you'll be looking out for him, but I am very happy with how he's playing. Um, looking at the other key players we've got as well, I've spoke about Crowley, quality player, very quick. Um, he's only just come back from injury though, so I'm not sure. If, I don't think he'll start. He was on the bench last game, um, but Bellingham, Jude Bellingham, the star. You've probably heard a lot about him, 16 years old, absolutely bossing it at the minute. Played pretty much every game this season. Um, and at that age, he looks so comfortable, and you've got to be happy with that. Um, he, he, he played a massive part in our winner uh, against Barnsley. He just has a never-say-die attitude, never shies away from a tackle. And from someone like that, someone at that age, it's, 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 it's incredible to see. And he'll be gone soon. I just hope we get him loaned back, if anything. So do keep an eye out for him. Um, Duke, obviously, you probably know all about Duke. He's just a hard worker. And he's been crying out for that partner to, to, to get the flick-ons, to chase uh, the balls that he's winning. So he'll be very thankful, if anything. So do keep an eye out for him. Um, Duke, obviously, you probably know all about Duke. He's just a hard worker. And he's been crying out for that partner to, to, to get the flick-ons, to chase uh, the balls that he's winning. So he'll be very thankful for that. Um, the players that I'm looking out for from you, obviously, are Ollie Watkins, absolute goal threat. Um, and uh, Benarama. Benarama is the player that I'm hearing all about. Absolutely quality. Best winger in the league, I think. So it's going to be very tricky. I don't think we're going to get anything anything at all. Um, I'm just hoping it's a good game. I hope we have a good performance. 
Um, how to stop you. I feel like we've tried making it difficult before. I think we're going to do that again at home. We've got an unbeaten run for a reason. We have got better at seeing games out. We've got better at being solid at the back. Lee Camp seems to be back to his best. His best, anyway. Uh, winning a lot of fans over. So I think it will be tricky for you. Um, but... Yeah, I just hope it's a good game. So it's it's obviously it's going to be very very difficult to stop you guys. I think you're going to get top two. In all honesty, you've been one of them them teams that have creeped throughout the season. You weren't straight away um, like killing it, but you've grown into the season. You've been growing into this this way of playing for a very long time, for a few seasons now, and it's um it's coming to fruition right now. I would say my prediction. Or my heart is saying one one, but if I think with my head, I don't think we can get anything. But all runs have to come to an end. I'm going to go for a 2-1 2-1 loss, I'm going to say, with my head. But hopefully, we can see it out. We can nick a goal. I just don't think we're going to be able to stop you scoring. Um, so, let's say 1-1. one. Let's say one, one. I'm going to be positive. But, yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm Brummy Joe. Uh, and best of luck to you after the game for the rest of the season. Keep right on. So, that's Brummy Joe. He knows everything. About Birmingham City, good bloke Joe as well, and uh, yeah, he's um well obviously they're they're quite happy at the moment now because they're uh, they've won a few games, scoring a few goals. They've got you know one of our ex players again, you know like I said Birmingham City, you know it's the it's the, the home of the Brentford, the ex Brentford player, isn't it? You know Scotty Ogan banging in a few goals for them, so they're very happy. So I think you know from our point of view, I think we need to be very careful when we go up there. It's not a definite winner not a definite draw even it's going to be a little bit tricky um birmingham city let me go through what is good and bad about them they're very good at set pieces so we need to be on our a game with that defensive back line there as well very good at in the air aerial duels they're good at creating chances they've got individuals that create chances as well like the jude bellingham's and people like that as well coming back from losing positions so even if you go ahead we could struggle a little bit there as well. And they're good at creating scoring chances. So they're little individuals out there and stealing ball from the opposition because they're quite aggressive in the way that they play. So that's good for them. But on the flip side of it, they don't keep the ball. So they don't not great at finishing scoring chances at the moment now. You know, they're not good at defending counter attacks and fouling in dangerous areas is what they do. And also avoiding individual errors. And they're very, very weak at defending through through ball attacks. So you can see where we can actually hit Birmingham. It just depends on whether or not, again, we're on our A game and whether or not Birmingham City decide to kind of just block themselves up to not let us do our game. The Allard, what are you thinking of this Birmingham match? Um, I think it's going to be a difficult one, but, you know, I think it's good that we're going to sort of come back into a game now where the other team isn't, you know, necessarily, I suppose they're still thinking of the playoffs, but, you know, that. it... Is it, is it do or die for them? Maybe not as much. So, you know, away at Birmingham, we've been reasonable over the years. We have, I've, I've seen us win there, I think, twice maybe. So, I, I don't think they're the worst team to play on, on Saturday. Plus, Hogan is their man at the moment. And if anyone knows how to play against him, it should be us, really. Uh, we we know the balls that we need to stop. We, we, know, we know what he feeds off. So, hopefully, you know we'll be able to prepare that way so I, I think we can give a good account of ourselves on Saturday I think there'll be some players out there that also that you know some players that probably maybe even got frustrated themselves with the way we played on Tuesday maybe you know they didn't want to be fighting these long balls they wanted to be playing the football that they love playing so they'll get the opportunity to do that on Saturday maybe Marcondes comes in assuming De Silva's out so a bit of some fresh legs and um, 
I think, yeah, I, I'm not too worried about Saturday. I think we can get a result. How do you think? I mean, how do you think we're going to deal with Birmingham City? I mean, you know, you know, they've got, um, you know, there's going to be a little battle between Pedersen and uh, and, uh, and and Bumo down down on down well, down their left hand side, which could be quite interesting because I think he's quite a good defender as well. You've got Maxim Collin as well, you know, versus. Uh, uh, ben Rama, I think uh, Colin well, missed Ben Rama, didn't he? So he, yeah, he left as Ben Rama came in. Yeah. So uh, they don't actually I'm, know each other. I, I, one thing is they can, you know, we can be a bit more fluid, and 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 the and the front three can can um, be a bit more switchable. I would say if 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 it appears that they're doing a job on on Ben Rama and Burmo, you know, in their regular roles, switch them about a bit. Try Watkins out wide for a bit. Try something else. Mainly, I mean, Birmingham City, you know, been there so many times over the past, you know, 30 years, you know, big stadium, when it's really rocking, it is really rocking, when it's not, it's, it's quite dead. Um, Saturday, it's a big game for us, for them, they, you know, they're on a good run, but, you know, it's, 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 it's quite, it's, it's more important for us, you know, where do you see us pitching ourselves and what do you think we, we're going to get out of it? Well, I'm not going to repeat what I just said, but I'm I'm, I'm looking at the next. If we I looked at the last two and I thought we need to get four points out of Middlesbrough and Leeds, and we did. And I say we need to get four points out of the next two games as well. If we can if we can come away from St Andrews with three points, that is a tremendous tremendous result for Brentford, uh, and. We, we, we can't ignore the good form they're on. You're right to say that we, we should be better equipped than most to kind of know how to cope with Scotty Hogan. He's a good he's a good striker. He's a very good striker, given the right service. Um, Lukas Djukovic is is another one that he, he's always in the goals. You know, he he's, yeah. he always seems to get headed goals whenever I whenever I look. So they they do have they do have a, they do have threats, Bill. And uh, yeah, 100%. You know, yeah. So it, again, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't, we haven't got a lot of time for Birmingham City. Um, but you know, we again, I think we're growing up as fans. Really, we we, we know that we just don't go there and expect to win. Uh, if if we do, it's, it's one of the results of the season. I'd say at the moment under under form. So I'll, I'm happy with a draw. Let's do it. Um, I reckon. Well, I think for me. They're, gonna, they're a goals team. They're scoring goals. We're scoring goals. It could be an absolute cracker. Uh, I, I think we. I think we could win it. I'm going to go with that. I think we could win it. I think we could lose it. I can't. I can't see a draw. I can't see it being stalemate. I think the thing that'll be interesting is, given that they're pretty likely to score against us, how are we going to cope with that? Are we going to be having to come back from behind? That's not something where we've done particularly well on how we're going to how we going to deal with that, and whether we then go and say right we were frustrated honestly because you know exactly as Matt says and then go right we're going to hit them and blow them off the park brilliant but I don't know I think given that I'm pretty sure they're going to score at least one maybe two against us it would be interesting to see how we deal with it but I think for me it feels like a game that someone's going to win <laughs> I hope it's us. Yeah, and and for me, I mean, I'm thinking 
I, I, I'm not sure about this, about them scoring. And again, this is not any due disrespect to, to Birmingham City because, as I said to you, Djokovic, Hogan, great players. But I just think that I have to draw my mind back to Tuesday where, you know, we kind of almost at the, the Alamo coming at us, you know, with uh, with Leeds United. But our defence, I thought, dealt with it quite admirably. You know, you know, um, even Pinnock was absolutely brilliant on Tuesday night and he hasn't actually been mentioned very much this podcast at all but he was absolutely brilliant he was mopping up he's getting the ball he was making some tackles from all sorts of stuff he was even sort of trying to take the ball out and uh, trying to beat the Leeds United press as well which he kind of got away with a few times when they sort of kind of took him down for a foul but it looked a bit of a dodge but he was I thought it was really great and I think that you know that is going to be as tough as you're ever going to get it you know, so, you know, they play the game that they play. You've got Djokovic, he's a big guy, knobbing the ball in the middle. You've got Hogan coming off the, the shoulder of the defender. And I would like to think that, you know, seeing as how we dealt with Leeds on Tuesday night, I think we would, I would like to think that we'd be able to deal with Birmingham City and they can't score. And like you know, the Allard said, we've got exchangeable players up front. And I think they're fast. And if we hit them on the break... I would, I would like to think that we would get a goal, if not a couple of goals, on uh, on Saturday because I think it's so important for us. And I think after the Leeds game, um, I think hopefully Thomas has got him a little bit buoyed up saying, listen, you didn't lose that game. You know, you've done really well. Now you've got to go out on Saturday and you need to get some points to get Birmingham City. So I'm going to say that we're going to get a couple of goals, 2-0 to the Mighty Bees. Anyone else? Who hasn't, any score predictions out there who hasn't, hasn't given us yet? I'm going one all. You can Laney's one all. The Allard? 1-0. Uh, uh, and the Gemma, she said a draw, did she? Uh, no, 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 not a draw. 2-1, two, 2-1 one, two one Bs. 2-1 uh, Bs. So listen, we all seem to be relatively uh, confident that we're going to sort of get ourselves back on track, which will be absolutely TV tremendous, as we say. Listen, this is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. Go and buy your tickets for the end of season social which is the end of season. Bees up, as we call it, is an Ealing, and it's going to be the 1st of May, the night before the last game of the season. It's brilliant. If you listen to the Lloyd Owusu and Darren Powell podcast, listen, you just check out the reviews. Just Google it or go on Twitter and see what people have to say about it. It's absolutely hilarious. There's some stories about players, you know, reading KKK magazines, and there's, you know, talking about you know, Aspinall uh, as a player and, and talking about Ron Nodes and his managerial sort of kind of uh, uh, practice. Honestly, it is fantastic. Just check that out. It gives you a flavour of what you're going to get in the summer with our end of season social. It'll be the night before the last game of the season, which is going to be brilliant. Just go to besotted.com forward slash social for tickets. Other than that, like I said to you, radio show on Monday night, 8 till 9 o'clock at Love Sport Radio. We're going to have a uh, post-match podcast on Saturday. So you can check that out as well. But other than that, there's nothing else to say but Birmingham City. Let's focus on that because we're going to have a good time on saturday up in birmingham we like going up there there's some good chaps and chapesses up there that we might have a few beers with but other than that as we sit around here and say it's very proud that we got a point from Leeds United, as we say Go come on, on. you bees be a little bit more enthusiastic than that come on you bees come on you bees Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.